having some problems and going to the Chuck E. Cheese's. It seems like every time I go there, I am getting get kicked out because I don't have any kids. They also only give tickets for games now. I don't know what this means. I just want to know. Do you have similar problems where you're getting kicked out all the time? It's very nice to know you. Uh, thank you for listening, Mr. Arcade's Radios. It's very good for you. Thank you. From KOYR Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota, it's Arcade Radio. to the mid-season premiere and episode 15 of the Arcade Radio Podcast. Today is Wednesday, May 10th, 2017, and the time is now approximately 8.19 p.m. Central. Thanks for joining us in the Arcadosphere. This is your host, Adama Prime. I'm joined by the legendary Dan Reed and temporal expert, Mr. Time Runner himself, Mark Shields. And the guest host of the Arcade Radio Podcast this week is Mr. Chris Gack. Welcome to the show. <laughs> so, Chris, uh, welcome to the show again. Um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's cool. Thanks we- for having me on. I, I really enjoy your guys' show, so it's really cool to be part of this. Ah, well, I'm sure this won't be the last time. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> we you know, we say that, but we have we try not to repeat de- guests either. So you know, it might be a year. Who knows? We're free. <laughs> and this is the mid-season prayer. So we've been doing this for uh, six months. Um, wow, you know, every, really? Yeah, every other week we took a, a week off because I went to a local suburbs concert. And if you're wondering why we're doing Wednesday night show tomorrow, I'm going to the Tears for Fears and um, Hall and Oates show. So I I couldn't uh, couldn't be there tomorrow. That's gonna be a great show, by the way, Miss Dog. <laughs> Who's got the, the dog? Your puppy. Hello, puppies. Uh, hello. My, my studio walls are kind of, uh, you know, not, not the most soundproof. <laughs> What's the name of the dog? Uh, that's probably Penny. We got a puppy about a month ago. So. You, you had a puppy? We, we, we got one. Oh, okay. okay. I wasn't sure. I was a little concerned. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Sweet. So uh, what we normally start out with is a little introduction, since you're kind of legendary amongst arcade collectors. Uh, Chris Gack, lovely to have you on the show. Uh, you guys all know Mark and, and, and Dan from being on the show. Um, so, um, you know, introductions. Mark, what do you do? What do I do? What don't I do? <laughs> well, I collect... Yes, I know. <clears throat> I collect movie cars occasionally. 
Arcade games, of course. Have you got the Buckaroo Banzai Ford truck yet? Oh, God, I want that. Do you have that? <laughs> no, but I, I remember being a kid just dying for that truck. That, that, that just pop up so on awesome. eBay or something, or what? No. No, I, I would like that one Lectroid ship that didn't go through the wall, you know, the one? <laughs> with the yeah, wings? With the wings? Nice. That thing's awesome. <laughs> yeah. What do they do with all those things? I also want the car from Black Moon Rising. <laughs> <laughs> Death Race. <laughs> yes, Mark Shields, TimeMachineRental.com, UncleRico'sVan.com. For all your Uncle Rico needs. <laughs> that doesn't get any creepier. It, it can for a price. <laughs> wow. uh, you love it. Yes. Dan. Hi. Tell us, tell us a little bit about Dan Reed. I don't do anything. I'm an IT guy. He's, so, a, journey, he's a journey guy. <laughs> it looks like you've been wor- missing a lot of work, Dan. I wouldn't say missing work, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Journey arcade board thingy. Yeah, journey board. You can buy it at Paradise Arcade Shop. Yeah, that dude. I think they're back in stock. We just plugged that guy again. I mean, we didn't plug him. Well, he sells my crap, so I have to plug him every week. (laughs) (laughs) Chris. Bringing endorsement. Howdy. Let's transition uh, right into what we've been doing in the hobby. Chris Gack, first tell us a little bit about who the hell you are and what you've been doing in the hobby. All right. Uh, I go by Gack Attack on KLV, uh, Twitter at Gack Attack, Instagram, Gack Attack Arcade. <laughs> and I'm also on the Arcade Hangout on YouTube, Tuesday nights about 7.30 p.m. Pacific, most Tuesday nights. So awesome. um, I, I enjoy the social aspects of uh, collecting, playing games, tournaments, all that kind of good right stuff. On. So, uh, I, I'm not the best at doing the restoration end of it, but, uh, I do what I can and I've, I've got a, a really good group of local friends that help me out. So that's, I that's really great. appreciate them for that. So I'm kind of in the same boat you are. Like I don't yeah. pretend to be the best at restoration, but my games look okay when I'm done <laughs> and, they, and they work. It, <clears throat> The ongoing joke is I've never done a cap kit and I've been <laughs> collecting for 10 years now or something. So <laughs> well, I've soldered a little here and there, but I've never done a cap kit. <laughs> well, at this point, Chris, you just have to continue with that as like a right. uh, sticking point. You never just... surrender. Exactly. Right. <laughs> In the words of Billy Mitchell or Galaxy Quest. So uh, the episode uh, this week is called Ga- The Gak Attack Volume 1. You know. Oh, so. boy. It's so a little bit, a little bit like Kill Bill, so I think we'll, we'll probably have a sequel at some point. Nice, <clears throat> yeah. Worked for me, Dan. Would you happy working? to come back? Yeah, Dan. I know you've been working on a bunch of stuff. Why don't you tell us what you've been working on? Ugh. <laughs> uh, 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 God, so much work. <laughs> so never, ever, ever try to sand a journey. It's just a <laughs> oh, no. nightmare. <laughs> Is it because so, of the whatever, laminate on the sides? So I got, huh? Is it because of like the 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 uh, laminate paint on the sides, or it's not laminate? It's uh, it's it, vinyl. Well, but, Dan, I think you're supposed to sand the wood, not the glass part of the monitor. <laughs> oh, that's, that's my problem. problem. That's my problem. Yeah. <laughs> so I started tackling this thing. You know, <laughs> it's it came to me in great shape. So I was thinking, all right, you know, maybe I'll just put a little stripper on the side. Triggered. That's how I met my wife. No, wait, no. Nice. I'm just counting. I, I, we met on MySpace. So I, uh, I, 
I debated back and forth what I'm going to do with this thing because the vinyl wasn't in that bad of shape. And I sort of like the original patina on some of these things sometimes. But? Somebody had painted one side of it poorly. So I think they just went to Home Depot and said, I need a blue and this looks about right. Are you kidding me? Like they just no. picked a, yeah, okay, that's so right. It was way off. So okay. I started on that side and like, okay, I, I stripped it down to bare wood, which by the way, was 60 grit sandpaper took about. What kind of stripper did you use? Well, I use uh, this Zinzer stuff. Yeah. It's pretty much like acid. The red can? Huh? The red can. That's the stuff that Chris Rhodes swears by, right? Yeah, you get it at Menards. And it like burns your skin, so you got to use gloves. It's like acid. It's not like that citrus stuff. Yeah, I use that stuff too, and it's really dangerous. Really dangerous. So I let it sit, and I mean, it pretty much did nothing. Okay. I was like, oh, this is not going to be good. So I have an orbital sander, I have a belt sander, I have (laughs) a palm sander, and I'm attacking this thing with 60 grit, and I'm going to get nowhere fast. I have a bad feeling about this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I finally get one side done, and then you're committed. Right. Yeah. So, and it looked really good on one side and I just started going and going and going. And I've been at this thing for about, I don't know, probably four days and I have it down to bare wood and it's in really good condition. So I'm a really bad feeling about this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I have everything off this game. Like I, I took the wheels off. I took the wheels apart. I took the cotter pins out of the wheels. I'm oh my, I've derusted. I've pulled every screw out of it. Wow. I derusted every screw. Now, and when you derusted, what'd you do? I have a I have a grinding wheel. So, so one oh, so you just like a wire wheel you on polished it. Polished so them. Yeah. So it, it, they work great. Then I, you know, kind of pimp them up a little bit i gotta say that you know you there's two ways you can do that you can throw them into a polisher that's that's such a waste a tumbler and it takes forever yeah don't do that who does that i I do i love my polisher oh no it's great because you can like set it and forget it like the ron papil thing right just throw them all in there and you you always end up hearing wondering what the hell that sound is you're sitting in the the bedroom There's like a half circle from the extension cord, just kind of like swinging back and forth, (laughs) trying to escape. (laughs) So the right way is a grinding wheel with a wire wheel, and then you can get different wire wheels. So you know something more coarse or whatever. So I and then you got a buffer on the other side, right? So I'm I'm no, No. I have a grinding wheel on one side because you can't buy any new carriage bolts that don't have some sort of uh indentation on top of see, right. I, mm-hmm. so, I do wire on one side and i do a buffer on the other so i wire them and then i use buffer and compound on the other so that they get all shiny i, I mean i have all that stuff i yeah. just you know my i, I don't know it's yeah. that's like my main tool believe it or not yeah. that's probably one of the best investments you get as an arcade restorer just pro tip for anybody out there listening <laughs> don't get excited so <laughs> yeah that's what i'm doing Sweet. And I have a Neo Geo that I was going to just assemble and flip, but now I'm staring at it and I, I can't, I have OCD, so I'm going to probably have to strip that down and fix that and sell that. Awesome. Yeah. Spend Sweet. like 200 man hours and, and maybe make 50 bucks off the deal. Yeah. I don't, you know what though? I don't know what's going on, but the prices out here are skyrocketing. Yeah. Things, so we have like, a lot of high prices. Yeah. And there's, I'm not going to be flipping a Neo Geo for 400 bucks anymore. No. So. <laughs> Oh my god. Mark, what do you got going? Let's see. I 
Okay, so my, my turkey shoot, which has been a long time working on projects. <laughs> I love turkey shoot. Not turkey uh, shoot. Uh, photo transistors I've gotten fixed, so now my gun works. I can actually aim and I can actually play the game all the way through. Oh, sweet. Which is what? nice. Why do, you have, why do you still have two? You have two tubins still. No, actually. But yes, you do. I saw it on Twitter. Liar. Nope, I gave that to on Twitter on Saturday. <laughs> Twitter doesn't lie. Twitter doesn't, Chris Gaff. It's gone. No, no, no. What you probably saw were two gorfs. <laughs> no, I saw two tubins. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. They were still behind us when I was doing the gorf transplant. Don't make me destroy you. <laughs> I'm noticing a theme with these sound effects. <laughs> they, they may be Star Wars tonight. I don't they know. Why. <laughs> so the. So I did do a Gorf uh, base transplant on Saturday. It took about five hours yes. to detach the Gorfs from their you know upper bodies and keep all the things, the guts inside. <laughs> it was what? Why didn't you just take the electronics out? <laughs> oh well, they have a harness that is hardwired up through the middle without any uh, uh, Molex connectors to separate it. <laughs> so I would have had to remove all of the stuff up in the top, and there's like. You know, there's like light control panels that go on. I mean, there's all sorts of weird things that are going on up there. And I was like, I'm just gonna, just gonna stick this all up into the into the gut up there. <laughs> and then, you know, I laid it over, and it it worked out really well, actually. Sweet. And Do you have a crimper. I have a like one of those crappy crimpers that you buy. That and oh. uh, but instead of that, I use a, a pair of needle nose pliers to Ooh. Sort of do my little crimps. Oh, you do that. However, it works. They probably it probably works better than a lot of other methods. So my turkey <laughs> shoot works. Uh, I, there is some wiring problems in the gun, so I need to go do that. Uh, the gorf works, except for the well. I mean, the gorf is back together and it's running, but of course, it does weird things when you started. So I don't know what's. How do you troubleshoot seven PCBs? But I don't know. That's gonna be fun. <laughs> you were an adequate opponent. <laughs> my mouse trap. I uh, I actually have oh, mouse trap. Two, oh, by the way, uh, Chris, thanks again yeah. for selling me the mouse trap PCB. No problem. So, it, it, was there any troubles with the PCB itself? I've heard it, you say you've had some issues. Well, when we tested it, it was in much better shape. I guess a year later, roughly, the uh, PCB now locks up after the game's playing for or anything after it's been booted. It, it'll run for about a minute, and then the audio I mean, literally, we were at CAX last summer. I know. And we plugged it in for like 30 seconds or a minute. So. Yeah, they're, they're very fragile. I also have yeah. some other boards that uh, H&X on shout, uh, the Shoutbox, Casey Relford. Oh, okay. Uh, good guy. He's, he actually supplied me with a lot of the parts that I was missing. Um, I mean, my, my cabinet was pretty gutted. And so, you know, in, <laughs> you know, with your PCB and his parts, I actually have a running game. I've I've uh, I just right. got to get the lights fixed and um, the audio is is it really the only trick? Lots of people have problems with the audio, so that's mm. that's one of my challenges. I mean, I did have like one of those, you know, where you you try something really hard and it works, and you're like, hey, I had some success. I, I put together a Wells Gardner 6100 the week before last week. I mean, and all I had was the tube and the frame, and. I, I got all this stuff, put it all together, and it worked. So That's did you wait a minute, wait a minute. I have I'm in the same situation. So let's just back up for a second. I have a tube. I have the okay. frame. I have the neck, which isn't attached to the tube right now. I have a NOS tube. 
Okay. But you have the neck board? Is that what you're saying? I have the neck itself that attaches oh. to the back of the tube. Oh, you mean the yoke? I'm sorry. I mean the yoke. Yes. And then I have the neck board. I have the high voltage. I have okay. the, everything is separate. The tube is virgin. It's never been used. What? Yeah. Is that is that real? It's real. Well, I I mean, I, I put it all together. I did have to replace three of my transistors in Kellogg.com. Thank you for saving me on that one. Sweet. Nice. By but the way, Kelsey Relford is in the chat. So is Mike Martin. Hey, well, guys. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I did see Casey ask uh, about the lights. Is he talking about the backlit buttons, I assume? Right. We, we Both Casey and I are... He has a mousetrap, I have a mousetrap, and then my buddy Aaron also. We're all putting together our, our mousetraps. E- even Adam is yep. putting together a mousetrap. Yep. Wow, a, what's the deal with that? All of a sudden, they're... It's a super fun game. Mousetrap. I, I don't know why I sold mine. I sold mine at CAX last year. And, and for like a steal, I think. Three or four hundred yeah. bucks? It's uh, 600, I think. Mm. Like that's that. a good that's deal, though. For a working one with the sound working? Yeah. Everything? Yeah. That's, yep. that's Although good. the lit buttons didn't work. <laughs> oh. And I did... There at the show, I bought some uh, LED inserts, mm-hmm. hoping that that was going to fix it. But no, I, my the, first guess would be maybe deoxid on the connection. The other because like, it's the, oxidized in there. There's a yes. pro- there's a problem with those lights. They the date you know you daisy chain the lights, and if they're not all connected and they don't all have a connection, if one of them is yeah. burned out, it's like Christmas lights, like yep. like the old yep. ones. So if one of them is burned out, they don't all work. And I think they're. Two and two, so like the dog one and one of the, like the yellow or whatever, and the blue and the red one work together. So you have to; be, it, it's very confusing. And there's also other wires in there that don't attach to anything. And if you try to attach them to something, by the way, uh, well, I actually, if anybody needs it out of you guys, I actually have a a complete harness and buttons for a mousetrap control panel. Oh, interesting, sweet. So if you guys uh, have anything that's hacked or whatever, just let me know. <laughs> well, my buddy, Aaron's Kelsey Relford. Kel, uh, Casey Relford just said, "I I, I want to go LED on those buttons." Oh, he did. He melted his blue button. Yeah, and so, I actually, I actually I had a similar problem. Voltage, yep. You know what? What were the LEDs he was using? Because yeah. I think there's different rated voltages on those. I, LEDs. I think they're 12 volt. I don't know. I, I I've tried I've tried measuring the voltage coming through this little two pin connector. Yeah, and I I get all sorts of weird readings. I tried AC and DC, and I don't know what's coming out. Yeah, they're they're, they're bizarre. tricky. Yeah, I, I have a solution that I'm going to come up with. Uh, I'll talk about it in another show. Sweet. Well, I put in some lights. I can look at the measure. You know what I used, and I can tell you. So. Oh, nice. I'm pretty sure I experienced that in, in with like coin door coin return lights. Yeah. Like if you don't put in the right LEDs. It's like crazy bright. Sure. And then sometimes it'll just burn out, you know, because it's the voltage is wrong or whatever. Like yeah. the bulb will melt itself. Yeah. What have you been doing, Adam? Me? Oh, yeah. you know, so a couple of weeks ago I, or a month ago or whatever, I sold a Sprint 2, two Sprint 2s. Oh, yeah. I heard about that. That's and awesome. And my 280 Zap uh, to a guy in Texas. And he did a sort of a round trip with his father, sort of a trip of the U.S. And they went and visited some of their family landmarks on the way up to Minnesota and picked up the games and went back to Texas. And when they got there, Sprint 2 wasn't working. So they got, uh, I know, I know the, the one that I had, um, originally had a non-working monitor, uh, and it's an obvious problem. There's a, there's a break on like the flyback or something. And so it's going to need some work, but the board worked. So you could actually play the game blind. And the other one that he got, um, was one that I bought from, uh, Steve Murky. 
and that one was scrambled when he got it. It was originally fixed by El Dorado. Okay. So uh, he started doing some troubleshooting and running into problems. By the way, the 280s app made it just fine. It's working That's great. Cool. He's loving it. But I mean, talk about this is like his first foray into collecting, and I'm, I'm, I'm and he's our age, and I'm like, boy, jumping right into the Bronze Age games, you know? <laughs> it's hard. But he has no experience, so I'm giving him some help, um, and the Clovers are giving him some help. So, and you know, anyone that uh, is listening right now, if you see some posts by Steve Taki, he's a really great guy, T A A K E, uh, on um, Clov, super awesome, really, really down to earth guy. Um, I'm trying to get his, tr- his sprint two working for him. So he's got a, a, a young son who's, uh, got a little autism and, uh, hope I'm not sharing too much here, but he and his son, uh, bond on the games that you can play two player on. So that's why he wanted the sprint. So that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm working with him on that. And, um, that's a great game. Yeah. It's such a, it's a fun game. Yeah. <laughs> so, so is Tweety Zap and he's really thrilled with that. You know, Tweety Zap is really like, um, is a night driver. By Atari, they all came out the same year. Right. But the, okay. inter- but the interesting thing about 280 Zap was, it, and it's a charming, charming version of it, uh, when you hit the start button, there's a little um, flag guy that comes out and starts the game. And then when you crash, there's not just crash noises. You actually see like text on the screen. But the more interesting thing about that game is more than pole position or turbo or any other racing game of the period, wow. uh, and this came out in 76, it really sounds like a car when you turn it on. So... <clears throat> I did a little. I did very little to that game when, when I owned it. Um, uh, Fetish Boy, Sean Williams uh, did the restoration, and I I did a trade with my Gorf Mini for it. And we loved the game when it was here, but we just didn't have room for it, so it ended up being in storage. And I was like, well, you know, Steve is actually a race car driver. He's really into racing games, so he went after it. But <clears throat> when um, I did a few things to it, I put a little uh, Z car uh, emblem that you could buy for. You're at the front of your your Datsun 280Z and put it on the steering wheel and it fit perfectly, chrome and everything. Nice. And then I bought a vintage um, 280Z leather keychain in the same color that Fett had touched up the whole machine and powder coated the whole thing in blues, so it really matched very well. So it it has like a a legit like you you know you could turn the key to open the the coin door and all that stuff. So he's, he's loving that. But when you turn that thing on, it literally sounds like there's a car in the room. It's just, it's really, really fun. So he's enjoying it immensely. So that's all I've been working on. Just, um, just, a, you know, Oh, wait, wait, wait. Well, we'll get to the news in a little bit, but yeah. So those are the main things. So should we move on to the news? What do you think? That's pretty excellent. News. Cool story. Let's do some news. All right. It's the arcade news with Don Reed. I think we'll uh, start with some local news here out of Minneapolis. Uh, there is a new pinball arcade called Tilt that just opened here. It's a pinball experience where you'll find 20 classic and current machines, a full menu of gourmet hot dogs, which makes no sense, <laughs> a wide selection of craft beers, Chris, and cocktails. Uh, that's me. Uh, Adam, I think yes. you visited. Is that yeah, so the case? They had you a want grand, to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, they had a software opening like three weeks ago. I met the owner. By the way, we're going to have him on the show. Oh, nice. Um, uh, just quick, the lineup. Batman 66 LE. Uh, last year's production model. There's only 240 produced. Bride of Pinbot. Cactus Canyon from 1998. Cowpoke, 1965. Eight Ball mm-hmm. Deluxe. 
which is, of course, like one of the staples in any classic arcade. Embryon, which is a double-wide uh, Bally pinball uh, of the likes of, say, Space Invaders. Um, there's a couple other ones that were out at the time, but uh, Embryon is very fun, really, really cool. Medieval Madness, the remake, Monster Bash, which I played. Very, very fun game. Uh, Radical, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I had actually never played in my life. That came out in 1991. There's a, there's like 3,700 of them produced, but I had never played it. Theater, I don't remember seeing that. Yeah, it's really fun. Hard game. Uh, Theater Magic, Twilight Zone. You got to have Twilight Zone. Uh, Wizard of Oz. Of course, everybody's heard of that one. Jersey Jack, right? Star Trek The Next Generation, which I think is really cool because there's a point in the game where you can actually beam the ball to a different part in the play field. Um, dancing dolls from 1960 the, and in the 1665 pinball were 10 cents each. Everything else was a quarter. And then you had Adam's family. Oh, you got to have Adam's family, right? And then meteor, um, Dr. Dude and his excellent Ray Aerosmith, which mm, I don't really care. Attack from Mars. So attack from Mars is awesome too. That's but, a great lineup. Yeah. Really, uh, really cool. Um, the gourmet hot dog thing threw me a little bit. It was like, okay, it's hot dogs, whatever. But they actually have a really uh, good assortment of toppings and whatever else, and they had like a smoked onion dip with <laughs> kettle chips and stuff. So what's their business model? Are they trying to stay afloat on cocktails and hot dogs? That sounds Cocktails, like a- hot uh, – they also do tournaments. So um, it's really cool because it's like a slice of up-down, but it's only pinball. Hmm. And it really draws a different crowd. I think there's, there's a certain crowd that really uh, gets drawn to just pinball. And uh, I think that model will work, and they're small enough that the craft beers and the cocktails, I think, are going to subsidize them in a way that they'll be able to stay afloat. So they want to improve your your pinball skills but destroy your intestines? Is that what's going on there? <laughs> kind of, yeah, right. You know, and, and there, it's obviously, there's a lot of these arcade bars that are, um, you know, no offense to the millennial generation, but they haven't had the exposure to arcades that a lot of us older guys have. Right. So I, yeah. th- I think that, you know, these joints are going to work really well because, you know, their stomachs can handle it and their livers can handle it and they can, <laughs> they can, <laughs> they can play these games, right, for the first time. So it's a really, really cool experience. Uh, I'm hoping that we can have some legitimate um, interview with the guy that owns a place. So That'd be cool. Maybe we should do it down there. That'd be fun. Yeah. <gasps> I'd go up there to do that. <laughs> awesome, dude. Come on. <laughs> So anyone that's wondering here in the Minneapolis area, Tilt Pinball Bar is on 113th East 26th Street, Suite 110, Minneapolis. Sweet. Info yeah. at tiltpinballbar.com. I highly recommend getting an Uber or a Lyft. Parking sucks down there. So just FYI. Yep. Yeah. Uh, other news, Galaxy of Game, GOG.com. This week, they're having a huge sale of classic PC games, not really arcade-related, but um, classic game-related here. So this is this is kind of interesting. Wing Commander series, Dragon Age, Mirror's Edge, which isn't that classic. Um, the no, Populous that's brand series. new. Yeah. Uh, I think you're a fan of the popular series there, aren't you there, Mr. Adam? You know, I actually liked the Wing Commander series because it had Mark Hamill in it. Yeah. Ooh. But I'm not like Populous was really cool when it came out. Um, it's a, it's uh, it was way ahead of its time. They actually released that game on like the SNES. So SNES Super NES had it. You say it out loud like that? Yeah, SNES. Okay. Ask our listeners. They might. Okay, let's nearby. They all left. <laughs> they all left. They're like, what's a SNES? <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, do you guys remember the Ultima series? 
Oh, I love oh, Ultimas. Yeah, all the Ultimas are there. Dollar forty nine each, every single one. But will it play on my Apple Two C? Mm, yes, it. They're they're um, they use so they use DOSBox and they optimize it for both Windows and Mac. Oh, weird. Yeah, so all of the Ultima series will run on a Mac. Huh? I should check that out. That's yep. strange. I have yep. an emulator. I can just play my Ultima. Not all the games, but a good number of Populous will run on a Mac. Well, Populous Two will. Populous One won't. Uh, I'm sorry, Populous and Populous 2 will. Populous the beginning, which was a 98 uh, version of Populous, which is kind of crappy, only does Windows. Um, see if the Wing Commander series, Wing Commander. Anyway, if you go to uh, www.gog.com, G-O-G.com, slash promo, slash 2017-508, weekly sale, you'll find it. Um, or just do it. 75% off and games from a buck 50 each. So yeah. pretty good deal. Yeah. The wing commander series runs on Apple as well. Nice. Yep. Other interesting news article here. The other day, just randomly out of the blue, a picture showed up on Clav, and in the background, there was a bouncer arcade game. Now it wasn't a legit bouncer arcade game. It looked like a conversion of some kind hmm. and it wasn't on. Okay. But I have a hard time believing. So this this guy has three video games in the background, right? Okay. Two of them are pretty common. Third one is Bouncer, probably the most sought-after arcade game in the world right now, Why? I think. Why? Why? Well, certainly Laser, for sure. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's a Laser game. You sure? It? I yeah. thought it was a Laser game. No. It, I, it came out during the Laser. I think it and was going to be a Laser game, but... Entertainment Sciences said uh, no. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's a laser game. I could be wrong. But anyway, so everyone's been hunting for this. There's news articles about this, and all of a sudden it just shows up randomly on <clears throat> a picture in the background of some, some wow. guys sending out. So I, is it legit? Probably not. But then again, my argument to that would be, why would you go through all the effort of reproducing the art, putting together a cab, it's not like the guy has 50 arcade games and just the cabinet on Clav on the arcade museum site looks like a quantum cab. That's, uh, that's been converted. I really I didn't take a close look at it, but yeah, if you, if you go to the arcade museum bouncer site, 1984 platform, oh, you, mean, you mean the original bouncer? I thought it looked like a journey. No, no it looks like a gyrus. Yeah. It looks like a gyrus or a, Right. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a gyrus to me. Just modified a little bit. Yeah, you're right. It's more of a gyrus. But I wonder, so it wasn't a conversion? Because entertainment no, it, science it was. It was a conversion. Is? Okay, so it could have been in a gyrus cabinet. It's got wood grain um, sides. Uh, it doesn't look like a gyrus because the bezel goes inward and gyrus goes up. So does this one. Mm, what I'm looking at right now. I think that it goes in. And the so ad. you look down at it. The ad is hot. Like... It's a hot chick in front of it. Hot chick. Yeah. Anyway, I, I mean, it's interesting. Now, could the guy have come across a kit? Sure. But it seems it seems highly unlikely to me. So I don't know. Who was selling Thought, it? I'm just going to guess the guy really wants to build one, and he, he pieced together the kit. I don't know. I, I, I think it's highly unlikely that it's a legit one. I do too, but... Hmm. Just, I mean, just, that's an awful lot of effort. It's funny. I don't even know of this bouncer that you speak of. Yeah. What? I haven't. Heard I know, of it right? Either. Yeah. 
Are you serious? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I researched a little earlier, but I'm like, what's the movie? It's like Karate Ninja Three: The Domination. Come there we go. Ah. It, there, it was there was a scene in that movie that that game was in, and supposedly that's the only one known to exist, or something. Or there was like maybe three or four prototypes, something like that. Yeah, oh, they had man. a bunch of them, and then they at the end of the filming of Ninja Three, they went out and sold the game in Los Angeles in a parking lot to somebody. Dude. Really? So, wow. so listen so to this. Put, and the flyer go. says this system is a real time has a real time image processor, RIP processor, which was like state of the art back then. And it says uh, with one million bytes of memory, three eight bit and one sixteen bit microprocessor, high resolution graphics and full speech capability. The hardware features of this processor were developed with the game designer in mind. As a result, we can design and program games such as Bouncer, which has over five hundred images in six months. We'll be coming out with at least two new games per year on our new RIP system. They use a trackball too, I think. Yep, they did. They had a trackball. Yeah, precise trackball control. So, did you guys happen to catch? Yes, I think it was yesterday. There was a. You, you guys know the game Man Eater. Sure. It looks like Jaws with the mouth open. Sure. Yep. On the screen in there, somebody recently, I think, just in the last couple of days, found a cocktail version of that, hmm. and it's like the the only one known to exist. Wow. And it's like a really weird looking cabinet. It, it totally looks. 70s like uh you know it's a round uh glass tabletop and it has all this kind of intricate ironwork around it with like these rings it's just really strange and the base is it looks like it's made of like leather <laughs> with like a diamond uh uh pattern on it like sewn in stitching nice you know like like what you'd find in some you know fish and chips place in the 70s or something yeah it's really trippy I love that. I, I, these things are kind of coming out of the woodwork a little bit. I, it seems like in the past couple of years, someone found a monkey magic. Um, mm -hmm. here. So all these games are sort of resurfacing. Wait, here, here's interesting. Here, here's, I'm looking at uh, all in color for a quarter dot blogspot dot com. And there's an interesting article on bouncer and turbo and Tur turbo sub. Yeah. Yeah. And it says, in the end, despite having perhaps the most powerful hardware and arguably the best graphics in the industry, plus a game that drew rave reviews, Bouncer was never released. So what happened? In, a f in February 1985, replay article, uh, in, in an article, Ron Clark claimed that the game failed because the graphics were too good. So good that many mistakenly believed the game was a Laserdisc game. At a time when Laserdisc games were getting increasingly bad reputation for liability. So um, the website turbosub.com, however, claims that operators at the AMOA show rejected the game when they found out it wasn't a Laserdisc game. After the failure of Bouncer, Rob Patton left to work for Sega. Lonnie Rob, oh. who had actually been hired to work on a different game and didn't want to work on Bouncer to begin with, left as well. And it's a really cool site because they've got pictures that you can't see, and there's like some really hot chick that's like playing bouncer. Like it would never happen. Like that uh, that guy not wearing is shirt. Turbo Sub on Clove. And yeah. have you you should if you haven't, I highly encourage anyone out there that doesn't know anything about bouncer to read the story. It's Sweet. actually really interesting. He yeah. went through the effort of hunting down all the original programmers, the CEO, and nobody has. So he's found. Control panels, marquees, hmm. caps. He's found everything except, and a board, except for the ROMs. Wow. 
Nobody can what? find the toad. Well, see, yeah. and this is the he kind has, of he yeah. literally has everything for a complete bouncer except for the ROM chips. And this is the kind of thing that is just so cool to to hear about because, like, not all of us are in tune with every rare thing that pops up. And so for yeah. me, this is like awesome. So now you have bouncer and turbo sub, which I've not really heard of a whole lot. Now I'm going to go do a whole bunch of research and be frustrated that I can't get the damn game. You know? Yeah, it's it's a really great story. It actually could probably be a movie. It's that interesting. Yeah, it's just drama. And I don't know, there was a big long thread on Clav about it too. The guy was, I, I followed it daily. How sure. do you get the board and there's no ROMs in it? <laughs> I don't know. I guess well, well, it, if, so, if it was never released. No, so here's the funny thing. So it turns out he goes back to this warehouse in Louisiana where these things were, where Entertainment Sciences was based, right? And they're gutting the place. They're just taking everything out. People are throwing things away. They get rid of everything. And they're just dumping things into the trash bin. And that's where he found like the control panels, uh, empty boards. But he never, ever found ROMs. Or, and he found flyers. He found art. I mean, everything but the ROMs. Well, what do you guys say? Is it time to move on to the Wayback Machine or what? Yeah. Let's get into sure. that. All right. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin quarter mile. Back, back to the, to cave, the cave with, with Time Runner. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Hey. Hey, everybody. Get inside of the DeLorean. We are going back to the day Gak was born. We're going <laughs> back to the future. <laughs> the date... May 28th, 1971. I remember it. I don't remember it. I don't. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> I mean, I was two. I was zero. I was negative one. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. So in technology news, I, and by the way, I, this is an interesting thing. Every time I'm going to say one of these things, I'm going to find out if, if Chris actually knows that any of these things happen. <laughs> I, I highly doubt it, but okay. go for it. <laughs> So the Mars 3 lander was launched by the Soviet Mars program uh, on your birthday. Well, that's actually where I was born. I, they didn't post that, too? I did that? not know that. Oh, they, There okay. was a twin. Uh, they actually had launched the Mars 2 a week before. That actually crashed. And so luckily they had a, an extra one, I guess. That, that must be the thing. You know, you, you don't send one ship. You send two <laughs> ships. <laughs> Two tubins. Yeah. Two tubins. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have my two tubins. It never gets old. <laughs> it never gets old. I got my two gorfs. I had two sprint twos. Two sprint twos. Is, is that probably the least sought after medium res game? Uh, sorry to tubin? sidetrack the story. Tubin? I don't know, yeah. but I have one and I love it. You have a tubin? Yeah. God, huh. do I have to get a tubin so I can be like... Join the tubin team? <laughs> the tubin team. Team Tubin? Team Tubin. Oh, I'm going to make t-shirts. I'm going to make t-shirts. Ah. Okay, so um, interesting thing about Mars. In 1981, Arctic released an arcade game called Mars. And in it, the player pilots a Sputnik-shaped spaceship, which I assume is a circle with some square, some little hands coming out of it. <laughs> it's a side-scroller. Uh, it has a machine gun that can be fired in eight directions. From Sputnik. Just like the real one. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's... Sputnik had machine guns on it. Little known fact. <laughs> One of the most annoying sounds uh, that you'll ever hear, because all it is, all, when you play the game, all you're hearing is machine gun sounds. 
Did you? Uh, can you pull up that YouTube video of the gameplay? Maybe. Oh, you could just jump right into the middle of it. It's awful all the way through. <laughs> and it's called Arctic. Is that right? And it's called Arctic. Come it's on. It's called Mars, but it's made by the uh, Arctic. Wait, I have the uh, I have the link. Or eighty-one. Which year are you talking? <laughs> So, uh, Here we no, go. It, it is an 81, but it's named Mars because. Wait, there's a 24 minute video of this. Wait, there's actually an arcade game version of this. That's what I'm saying. That's what he's talking yeah. about there. I oh. do recall seeing a Mars game. Welcome to the welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, it does have like pulsating arms that come out. It's basically a rip off of Scramble. Ah. Oh my god, I would go blind and deaf. <laughs> oh, that's annoying as crap. So it sounds like a. It looks like a crappy version of uh, Vanguard. Yeah, or scram. Well, scramble. Yeah, unless they go vertical on it, because Vanguard and Vanguard. No, oh, that's a whole different story. But anyway, moving on. Right. So the way this works is that I say something that happened on a certain date, and then I try to relate it somehow to video games. And so that was attempt number one. <laughs> Um, oh, job. actually, we're going to go through the music, the top five songs in the USA on the day that Ga- oh, I love this. Chris Gack was born. <coughs> oh, hold on, let me get my singing voice on. <coughs> <laughs> oh, you don't even know what we prepared for. Okay. <laughs> this, these are so bad. Number five, It Don't Come Easy by Ringo Starr. It don't come easy. You know, it don't come easy. Love yeah. that song. Me too. <laughs> and I was like, what song? Ringo's easily the worst Beatle. Oh, Gosh, you say that. There are no worst Beatles. I think George Harrison is worse because he's dead. <laughs> what about <laughs> Lennon? <laughs> and he's dead too. He sucks. It's <laughs> very sad. Yeah. Number four, <laughs> Want Ads by The Honeycone. Huh? And it wasn't The Honeycone from Kids. What? That sounds like a major ripoff of the Jackson. Five. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, the number three song, Never Never Can Say Goodbye, was by the Jackson Five. Oh, oh that's Bon gosh. Jovi. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The smooth sounds of KOYR Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you say that more often? Yeah. <laughs> The number two song on the day Chris Gack was born was Joy to the World by Three Dog Night. Oh, little Three Dog Night, nice. Was, a was he? Was a good friend of Because this was a live version of the song. <laughs> nice. And the number one song. And May 28th, 1971, Brown Sugar. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Brown Sugar. Brown Sugar. Yeah. Brown Sugar. <laughs> this is the furthest we've gone back in time, I think. <laughs> I, I think so. So, so, Chris, did you know about the Mars? Three Lander or these uh, five songs? No idea. All right. <laughs> Thank you for filming me on that. <laughs> and uh, I guess now everybody knows when I was born. <laughs> well, it is on Facebook. That's how I figured it out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
I'm hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Social security number to complete the circle. <laughs> Don't give it out. Come on. His birthday's yeah. coming up. He's not even. He hasn't even turned forty-six or forty-five yet. It's right. Forty-six. He's like a baby. Well, forty-six. Forty-six, yeah. 46 yeah. will be in a couple weeks. All right. Well, happy early birthday. Yes. Happy birthday. Thank you. Early. Okay, so at the box office, oh, yeah. Escape oh, yes. from Planet of the Apes. Oh, oh no! Oh, yeah. Do you remember the escape <laughs> one? I love. Yes. What happened on the escape? They escaped from the planet of the. Is apes. that that's the third one? <laughs> Is that the one where they're like at the the circus? Yes. Yeah. Where the apes go into the back into the modern era, or right. well, back in the past, <laughs> I guess. You damn right. dirty apes! Yeah. This is the escape from the planet of the apes. I've been watching all those because there's a new one about to come out. Right. And my son wants to watch every single one from like the beginning. Oh, We've seen the first so two, good. but we haven't seen that one yet. I got to tell you, <laughs> they are the the early ones are not very good. I love the first. <laughs> They're great one. to like fall asleep to at night, though. Oh. If you want to like doze off, you know. <laughs> the original Planet of the Apes is it's really really yeah. good, and then they just got worse and worse and worse. No offense to Roddy and, and And there's a TV show, by the way, of the yep. Planet of the Apes. I don't know if you're going to try to bear through that one. Are you going to yeah. go see the Mark Wahlberg one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, don't I do know. it. Don't do speaking it. Of, speaking of, the, the vi- there's a video game version of Planet of the Apes. It was released several months after the film in 2001 due to problems with the game. It, it did not make the, the same date as the, the film was released. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, they decided to release it on September 20th, 2001, a mere Uh-oh. week after the terrorist attacks had dampened most gamer spirits. Oh. Wah, That's wah, the game wah, where they wah, keep, wah. You keep falling into the pit and you can't get out of it. So That's E.T. That's just E.T. Like E.T. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like, they, they really can't blame the fact that this game probably sucks. They're trying to blame it on September 11th. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see the taxes on that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What was on TV when you were born? Let's say uh, the Brady Bunch was on ABC. Here's the story. Which uh, the, the show actually took place in Sacramento, which is <laughs> the area I live in. That's what? funny. Yeah. What? Yeah, they, they're in the show. They supposedly live in Sacramento, I believe. The Brady Bunch. <laughs> Oh no! Sorry, <laughs> okay. We can bleep. We can bleep it. Uh, you gotta give. You gotta one. give Adam something to do. Okay. That's the other one. Not Wait a minute. What? Much. What? Where are we at in the show right now? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go go on. Oh right. man, I got that messed up. There's a different show. <laughs> same era. Sorry. Uh, Partridge Family. Oh yeah, Partridge Family. Maybe that was it. It's a story. It wasn't, it wasn't on, on Partridge day. Family. We- I think it was a Friday, by the way. And the mother was sleeping with the sun. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) Um, The lesser shows that were on the other channels. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Mark. Let's go back and talk about Eat Us Enough for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Not again. You, know, well, you, no guys, you guys brought it up. We did not bring up eight of eight is enough. We did, that was like another show. It doesn't even have anything to do with the partridge. Man. Well, since we're talking about it, since we're talking about Magnum PI, <laughs> yeah. I really like Buck Rogers. Aaron Gray was hot. Oh my gosh! Oh, Aaron Gray. She has a cameo in the new MST3K3. You know, uh, reboot. I love her. She's in the man, beginning. Yeah. That. With Will Wheaton. They're both together. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton had his hand on Aaron Gray's buttocks. Jelly. (laughs) Yes. Quite. 
I'm quite so jelly. I'm going to tie this back to video games. In Call of Duty Black Ops Nuketown, <laughs> he said, the house outside the boundaries is a replica of the Brady he said, house. Duty. <laughs> it is his. Oh my There's gosh. no duty there because it's fake grass. <laughs> Call of Duty. Okay. I have to butt back in. I, I Googled it, and on, according to Wikipedia, yes, eight is enough. With the set was in Sacramento. There you go. That's right. <laughs> Sons of guns. Now we well, have let's, to. Let's talk about this a little while now. Hold on. Let me just uh, stretch out of my couch here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Aves Enough. <laughs> Sorry. Got to carry it away with the Call of Duty. Mm hmm. Duty. <laughs> Duty. Duty. What else happened on uh, today's date? Uh, well, Paul McCartney released his second solo album, Ram. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's sort of video game related, right? You store temporary stuff in RAM. Uh-huh. uh-huh. No? Uh, in 2014, uh, Sir Paul actually composed the soundtrack to the video game Destiny. What? He composed right. the soundtrack to Destiny? You, yeah. No wonder they didn't uh, Hey, Destiny 2's coming out in September, dude. Well, God, I hope he didn't do the soundtrack. Holy God. I, I did not confirm that information, but... Yeah, this, I did listen to it. I mean, it sounded, you know, soundtracky. Is that a thing? Good old Paul. I don't McCartney. know, but I don't know if I could be shooting people with "I wanna hold your hand." On he the, does. Uh, he does no. modern stuff too. You know? No, he doesn't. He does like this song. It's bad. All right, that's enough. Yeah, he did that song, and he did this one. On my way to work. That's why I feel. <laughs> okay, wait. Okay, wait. That sounded exactly like every fucking Beatles song ever recorded. Right there you there. go. But, but but bad. Listen to me. We can give it a try. I'll look you straight in the eye. Oh my no, god. No, no, no. <laughs> They're so bad. It, it's like he did them in his garage and didn't give a. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a Oh, no, stop. Yeah. No, no, no. Stop. Stop. <laughs> stop. Sorry. I can't. That's the end of Back to the Cave. Any listener calls? Uh, I think we have one. Oh. Ooh. We always do. See? And now it's all screwed up. So how do I how do I play it? Hit the rewind button. Where's the rewind you're button? Walk, I'm Walkman. It's the double arrow backwards. How about if I hit the reload button? Ooh. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, and then there's someone says, "Hey, Eric, a ratio podcast." Yeah, late arcade fellatio. The transcription. Never read the transcription. (laughs) This is your buddy Bob Heart Attack (laughs) from Bob from Bob's R Zach's does stuff on YouTube. Hey guys, if you would listen to my voicemails, okay, I'll play. Ratio podcast. This is your buddy Bob Zarzadek from Bob Zarzadek does stuff on YouTube. Hey, you guys, Bob. if you listen to to, to my voicemail, join the YouTube channel because I'm like trying to make ten friends. We got my dog. Anyway, uh, so today I was like uh, wondering if I could ask a special guest uh, just exactly what does BMX stand for? Because I'm a bet with a buddy. Uh, I think it means uh, bite my Xanadu. <laughs> Here, she, she's super hot. Uh, I'm just leaving a space there because 
you know, you got to leave a beat because you're super hot. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so you fill me in on what that BMX thing means and everything. All right, you guys take care. Sorry to deck out. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's my now favorite guest. Xanadu. Now we have to talk about Xanadu. Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> right. Oh. <laughs> I thought, Is that the are... roller skate one? Yes. yes. It's like roller skate disco. Oh, so cute. I, I like oh, the way her hair was. I'm going to make my oh, wife God. do that right now. I don't... And she had like <laughs> ribbons in her hair. Oh, so innocent. By the way, I, I think my neighbor might be related to Bob Sarzadek because <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he sounds a lot I, like I'm him. I'm sure he, he runs the weed eater at like four in the morning. <laughs> moonlight. You know, he, he picked up on that whole moonlight uh, yeah. you know, lawn care service. That's the best time. Does he have a headlight on his weed eater? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, to be fair, it's, it's a headlamp for joggers, but yes. <laughs> There you go. You go, girl. Come on, you guys. You guys are you know about my age, right? So this is like roller skating music. Oh, yeah, totally, right? totally. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, but that so wasn't the, that wasn't the only hit. We also had this one. <laughs> <Many targets>. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell a quick story. So my, my class, it was like uh, maybe fifth grade or something. It was like a class trip. Like they did a special event there. And and I'm boogieing down, having fun, you know, rolling around. And I see some people kind of doing some stunts. And I'm like, I could do that, you know. So I, go, <laughs> I go swinging over by, there was like a girl who was like leaned over, tying her shoelace on her skate. And I like yeah. lifted one foot up to like have my skate <laughs> go over the top of her head. Oh, no. And I just... I just nailed it right in the back of the head, man. Oh, oh my god! Oh man, I felt so bad. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Remember the snowball? Remember the snowball? Hmm. I don't Did, remember that. You guys ever no. snowball in the? Uh... You have to believe oh, we are there was an arcade there too, so we, you know, you could just roll right off the rink into the arcade, stand there playing games. Uh, and they had the sticker machines. Remember that? Yes. Put in like 50 cents and get a sticker out. Right. Put them on your skate case. Stickers. I don't know if they you guys know or not, but my, my girl is a roller derby chick. So. What? What's yeah. her roller derby name? Uh, Five O Joe. She was a referee. Wow. At, in Minnesota, does, does she know uh, that guy? Yeah. <laughs> name. Yeah. One of the other refs. I actually know two of the refs. Hmm. Oh well, I can't think of their names. Well, that's a very the, I know the um, I know the um, announcer personally too. His name is John Maddening. So <laughs> that's his real name. No, his real name is Jeremy Stomberg. Anyway, yeah. So good times. And now it's time for Arcade Radio's first. Yeah, we gotta. You know, we should have like I should have made a bumper for that. By the way, uh, uh, our caller um, BMX stands for Bicycle Motocross. Oh yeah, Moto Moto X. Yep. So the X is you know shortening of cross, so motocross, which basically was bicycles emulating what the motorcycles were doing. Bicycle motocross BMX sounds yep. so much better. Yep. All right. <laughs> B. Oh. Guest, be our guest, put our service to the test. 
It's the first Gak Attack on Arcade Radio. How was that? Wow. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I liked it a lot. <laughs> that was the time when the robots take over. Now Ooh, the robots have taken over. <laughs> we are the robots. Begin the interview. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. I like this. So, of course, we have the obligatory background questions. Mr. Chris Gack, where do you come from, Planet Krypton? Uh, I Well, in 71, I, I don't know. There was too much, too much uh, you know, Beatles music going on, I guess. I, I just can't remember. I was just born out of nothing. <laughs> all right, well, so tell, maybe you don't have to tell us all the details, but give us a little of your arcade collector origin story. Well, you know, we we have these kind of like transition things. We'll call it kind of like a gateway drug. I originally started collecting home console stuff, you know, classic era. See, it goes back to 2006, 2007. I had never been to this website. I don't know if you guys heard of it. It's called eBay. Uh, I, <laughs> I sold some stuff there for the first time and I had some money and I was like, ooh, what should I buy with this PayPal money? <laughs> and so i said well you know i, I used to love playing uh we, when i was growing up we had a atari 400 you know my, my dad was more of a computer techie kind of guy and, and he didn't want like the traditional you know 2600 setup so he got the the computer with the keyboard you know nice i remember um, those so we had we had the atari 400 and you know i just really enjoyed playing games like that on on that machine so I said, you know what? I want to buy one of those machines and some of those games I remember playing. One of my favorites back in the day was uh, Miner 2049er. Oh, I love that game. It was like yeah. a oh, yes. crazy so load runner. Or to me, it's kind of a cross between Donkey Kong and Pac-Man. Oh, you know, you yeah. got the, like a girder level where you're kind of like going back and forth the levels like Donkey Kong. But you, you uh, pick up these things, basically like a power pellet, and then you can essentially eat the ghosts. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, great game. So <clears throat> started collecting all that stuff. And then, and then I was like, well, man, I, I you know, I want to try to have a complete collection of the Atari 400, you know, the XE system. Mm-hmm. So it just got out of control <laughs> over the course of maybe a year. I probably had 40 or 50 systems. Oh, wow. Maybe 1500 or so games. Um, and you know, it's like, you see these listings where it's like, uh, okay. So I I wanted this specific game for the Atari XE, but it's sold in a lot with, um, Atari 5200 or ColecoVision, whatever. Okay. I guess I'll, you know, get that set up. So (laughs) it it just got, you know, out of control. And, and, uh, I, I, at some point I was like, you know, this just isn't satisfying what I really enjoy doing. I, I enjoyed the real deal, you know, the full upright arcade machines. So started looking into that and uh, actually went to Craigslist and saw a deal. It was, it was probably a couple hours drive from my house and they had four games and uh, they had priced individually. And then I think they said all four of them for like two fifty if you wanted all four of them. Wow. And so I'm like, you know what? I, I, <laughs> I emailed them and they, they said, yeah, no, they're not sold yet. And I said, okay, well, you know, I'm a serious buyer. I'm going to have to rent a trailer to get these games. And so, uh, you know, they said, okay, we'll, we'll hold them for you. It was like a, you know, Sunday morning, let's say I went out there, um, and show up with my trailer. <clears throat> and, you know, this is, I'm sure you guys have all experienced this too. When, when, when you go to buy a Craigslist deal, 
you kind of like assess the situation, you know, yep. is the person knowledgeable or a collector or are they just looking to get rid of their junk essentially, you know? Right. And so, so once I showed up there, I'm like, Oh yeah, these, these people, <laughs> you know, they, they just got tons of junk. And so I said, well, um, you know what? I, I'm, I'm not sure about these two. I'm definitely interested in these two, but you know, if you do $150 on all four games, I'll take them. And so they're like sold. <laughs> so, nice. uh, they were, um, two rush the rock, sit down racing games, uh, Alcatraz edition. You guys familiar nice. with those? Yeah. From 97, I think. Yeah, those and are then cool. there was a, uh, Nintendo or yeah. Nintendo super system is what they called it. Arcade oh, I love that. And then the fourth game was Arabian by Atari. Dang. <clears throat> yeah. And so, but none of them were working or you could turn on a couple and you could hear sounds, but you know, I'm like, I guess, you know, let's just try this out. <laughs> and my son came with me. Uh, he's 17 now. So he was probably about seven years old back then. And he was on the drive out there. He was playing his, uh, you know, uh, Nintendo DS or whatever. And I was like, Seth, you know, this, I bought all four of these games for as much as that little handheld game you're playing cost, you know? And he's like, wow, dad, that's cool. You know? So, um, finally get home and, <laughs> you know, my wife knew that I was going to look at games, but I wasn't specific on the details <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> just so happens to be perfect timing, right? As I'm pulling up in front of our house with a trailer full of these four giant machines, She's coming home from the grocery store or something. Oh. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> You're crazy. You know, why, why are you doing this? You know? And so, you know, that's, that's kind of where it all started. Lead on adventurer. Your quest awaits. And, uh, you know, four turns into five to six to eight <laughs> ten to 20. And, you know, what, once you got a, uh, you know, they're all in my garage. I have a three car garage where all my games are at. That's my arcade. Um, but you can do that once in California. You can't do that in Minnesota. Yeah, the weather, yeah. It does get, you know, pretty cold here in the winters, but it's it's not, you know, snowing. But so. not 60 below. Right, yeah. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it kind of gets to the point where, like, you can't tell if com games come or go, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, so I started pretty much 2007, and I, I had not even heard of KLV or any other collector forums at the time. I just kind of was, you know, like, this is cool. You know, I want to try to tinker with this and <clears throat> not knowing anything at all. You know, so I, the Arabian game, actually, my, my son was out there with me and he turned it on. It was just a white screen. And I said, well, you know, let me try adjusting some of these knobs on the back of the monitor. And, you know, so I started turning a little bit. And my, my son was like, dad, dad, I can see stuff moving around, you know, so you can see the game. <laughs> so that one was actually fully working. And, nice. uh, you know, played that a lot. <laughs> that was probably the, you know, the first game I put many hours on. Let's see here. So then maybe two or three years later, another neighbor of mine said, Hey, you know, I've seen this guy around the corner. He's got a bunch of games in his garage. You should go meet him. So right then and there, I, I drove over there and, uh, he, he wound up being a, a pretty good collector at the time. You know, he's still around, but uh, not very active on KLV. But so he kind of introduced me to more of the collector scene. Um, his name is Dan. I don't know if any of you guys have been around long enough, but he, his handle is P1899M. Like I said, it's been a few years since he's been very active. Sure. You know, he's, he's pretty private now. So he introduced me to a handful of local collectors, and it just went crazy from there. <laughs> you know, wow. uh, he, he said, you know, oh, you got to check out um, California Extreme. It's 
it's in uh, Santa Clara, you know, about a two or three hour drive from our house. And so I was like, yeah, you know, so the next year uh, was the first year I went out there. I, I want to say um, I actually met Chris Rhodes there. It was oh. either 2010 or 11. Yeah, I think it was like he, he was kind of getting out of the collecting scene. You know, like <laughs> A rare Chris the, Rhodes sighting. Right, yeah. So <laughs> right in the middle there, I, I started getting active on KLV. And then I had seen posts where he said he was like going to go to CAX for one last time or something. Yeah. So he sold and, all of his games around that time. And yeah, and he bought like an IROC or something, yep, right? Yep, a red IROC, and he got Dig Dug yep. plates. <laughs> so, so yeah, I met him and uh, Sean Fetish Boy and Joe, uh, Sweet Goglia, Jow, you know, so yeah, yeah. uh, and uh, Frizzle Fried, you guys know him probably. Sweet. So, uh, just kind of got to start to know some of the guys within the social aspect of the you know collector scene, and you know, I, I like I said, I'm not, I've never been much of a you know, restorer. I do really enjoy it. I'm more of a mechanical guy. You know, I'll tear down the control panel and re-lube everything, get it all working good. Uh, I don't do a whole lot of, you know, check the voltages, rebuild power slides, all that kind of stuff. So no board repair. No, no board repair. (laughs) Well, currently I have about 40 games. If I had to guess, I've had at least a hundred more than that over the years, just buying, trading, selling, scouring Craigslist and deal sites. Get them as cheap as you can. <clears throat> try to get them working, and then you know, eventually you're like, "Well, I really want this next game, but I don't have room for it, so time to sell a couple." I, I've been fortunate enough to you know uh, set up the right deals when I sell stuff to where essentially my entire collection has been paid for by itself by you know buying and selling other games. So I'm in pretty much just the time. You know, no money. It's been a blast. And, and like I said, I, I really enjoy the, the social aspect of it. You know, the getting to know other collectors, uh, figuring out a way for us to meet up and, and hang out and play games. Time Runner, what would you say? Or Dan Reed, you two. Um, what was the first episode of Arcade Outsiders? Probably 2014 or 13? Yeah, I just listened, actually, to the first three episodes. It's around 14. I'm pretty sure it's 13. Sounds right. And, you know, I I think we all, there's kind of like two things that most of us collectors nowadays can't deny. (laughs) You know, we've all seen, uh, shoot, the Donkey Kong movie. King of Kong. King of Kong. We've all seen King of Kong, and we've all seen John's arcade videos. (laughs) Right, right. Those are like two staples (laughs) to... uh, uh, know about and be aware of it as you become a collector. You know, once once I saw that those guys were um, starting a podcast, I was like, wow, man, th- this is going to be really cool. You know, a, a new way of us to interact. And, it, you know, it's like what you guys are doing right now. One of the guys early on that I got to be really good friends with, um, Andrew, he goes by 34K on KLV. Sure, um, yep. So we we uh, we hit it off, you know, very similar senses of humor and everything. Uh, we we've had a lot of fun, you know, uh, helping promote and put on tournaments and stuff over the years. It's been a blast, you know. We we uh, we kind of created this subculture scene, I guess you want to say, maybe of uh, collectors that that were born of that, you know, live streaming podcast. We all started becoming friends outside of that. Unfortunately, they they kind of came to you know doing less and less podcasts. I do miss them. Um, yeah. But we, uh, and, uh, he goes by Orange Whip. He was like, hey, you know, you guys want to chat afterwards, you know, so after the live podcast. Yeah, I remember uh, that. He, he would do, a, 
know, just kind of a chat room. And it was, it was all just text-based, you know, so people would just text in there. Uh, at the time, I, I, <laughs> for me on the West Coast, that's really late. That was, you know, 11 p.m., midnight. So I, I never really was active with that. But then with, with getting to know them at uh, tournaments and face-to-face, you know, over time, we started hanging out more. And, and they said they wanted to do uh, just kind of a hangout, though. You know, it's not necessarily a, a podcast. It's just like a group of friends just hanging out, chatting, talking about what we do. Free-for-all. Um, yes, free-for-all, totally. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so, you know, and it gets a little crazy. <laughs> we we I like some it. crazy stuff. So, yeah, but it's yeah. all good times, all in good fun. Uh, no, yeah, so. I, th- I think that's awesome. I remember when they started that up. And and by the way, uh, just for the record, um, uh, it was August of 2013 when Arcade Outsiders started. Okay. Show. <clears throat> so they, um, and, and like I, reading back here in some of the forums, um, you know, Fett didn't even have Skype at the time and knew, didn't know he could download it for free. So, it's just very, you know, it's like <laughs> a, a very new um, thing for all these guys, right? And so, yeah. um, and, and actually prior to their show, um, I don't know if I want to admit this or not, but I actually uh, did attempt a, 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 um, a gaming podcast years prior. Um, oh really? Yeah, and it, it it really devolved into a drunken mess and wasn't very, wasn't. <laughs> you know, and to be completely honest, from my <laughs> perspective, I I never even checked out what podcasts were before that. Sure. You know, I I just I had a coworker who said he listened to you know Steve Carolla or something like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and I'm like, well, that sounds kind of interesting, but I just never checked it out. And I think you know, the so. podcast format's really great for a lot of us because, you know, if to and from work or if you're just at work and you want to listen to something, yes. it's nice to have it right. on in the background. You don't have to worry about video or anything. You're just, you know, and you, and you are participating in, in uh, especially in this, because there are plenty of gaming podcasts out there. I don't know mm-hmm. how many are arcade-centric. We try to be arcade-centric. Yeah. Our goal is to have a guest every single episode. Um, That's great. You know, and so it's, it's different um, than others, but it's the same. You know, we're all doing the same thing. So I I appreciate all the arcade podcasts that are out there and I support them all um, in in, in any way I can. And and if you, you know, so plug away. So yeah, it's a, it's called the arcade hangout on YouTube and Tuesday nights around 7.30 PM, give or take. You got to find it by arcade road trip. Actually. Oh yes. You're right. Oh, cool. You you could probably do a search for arcade hangout, but yeah, arcade road trip. Is Brad's? Uh, he's the host. There's a link somewhere in the in the Arcade Outsiders uh, thread on yep. Clav. From Mark, do you know of any other ago. hosts that are ever on that Arcade Hangout? Uh, I used to be on there, and uh, they still accept me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So there's there's a uh, we can have up to ten people live, and so it's it kind of like there's maybe a core of five, six, seven people that are pretty much on every single week. And the other three or four spots kind of switch out, you know, just depending on what people's schedules are. So myself included, <laughs> you know, I've, I've, uh, I can't always do it every week, but, um, I have, yeah, I, ha- I have done it on an airplane though. So that was fun. Yes. You have. <laughs> You're in the mile high club. And we, we've had some pretty good, uh, people come to chat and hang out, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys that are really into the repair scene, you know, we got Buffett. Oh yeah, um, or the arcade buffet, shall we say? <laughs> right. Um, and Ian Kellogg, uh, uh, Adam, uh, One Circuit Adam. Yep. Schweet. So yeah, we we have some pretty good, pretty good times there. We we, awesome. we get a little bit of technical stuff, but mostly just kind of like just guys 
and girls <laughs> hanging out, having having fun. So yeah, you got to um, hand it to John Jacobson and Sean Williams and Jow. Absolutely, they yeah. they really kind of. I mean, they inspired me to do my show. Um, yeah, and so Dan right. and Dan and Mark uh, came along for the ride, thankfully, and um, you know we're happy to be here and happy to have an audience. So, I, I, but I really think that um, uh, John's videos, at, at some point in in everyone's uh, collecting life, they've done a search for why doesn't my blank game work? Yeah, and why doesn't this blank thing work? <laughs> And you inevitably end up seeing a John Jacobson video. Yeah. You know? And, you know, love him or hate him, it's entertainment still at the same time, you know? <laughs> and he fully admits he doesn't know everything. We, we have also poking fun at him. Yeah. <laughs> love him. You so. know, it's great. Um, so <laughs> that's fantastic. So you're kind of a very active in the social community. You've been yeah, collecting for and, So tell us a little bit about the games you have. How many, uh, you have like 40 games and, uh, yep. I think you mentioned like half of them or more are working. So give us yeah. a, give us a rundown of the games that you have. I've got a Tempest, Star Wars cockpit, a couple of Atari system ones, uh, Marvel madness, Indiana Jones, Roadrunner, or sorry. Yes. Roadrunner. Let's see. I have, mm. uh, Tron, Wacko, Smash TV, 720, Paperboy, Super Sprint, Zookeeper, uh, Forgotten Worlds. And my last game I recently got, I Stunrunner Cockpit. Mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a Pole Position Cockpit. What do you, uh, what do you think of Stunrunner? Um, I have a Crawl. Oh. Dan? Yeah. <laughs> is your Crawl oh, wow. working? Yeah, Dan's Crawl is fully functional. Yeah, it so I'll, I'll go ahead and give this one up, Dan. So last, about a year ago, it was on Craigslist, $75. <laughs> What? Get out of here. Um, non-working. And it, it was basically in a barn. And yeah. it was oh, about a three-hour drive for me. And it was I saw it like on a maybe a Tuesday or Wednesday. And so I messaged the guy. I just said, hey, you know, I really want to buy this. There's no way I can make it out there today. If you're willing to, you know, hold it until Saturday. I think I said I even give him 150 Wow. And so he said, no problem. So actually 150 is what I want to pay. But nice. it wasn't one of those like bidding war kind of things. Sure. You know, that's where the, it gets a little dicey. Some people talk about, but it was basically, you know, I can't get there till Saturday. If you're willing to hold it for me, I'll give you a little extra. I imagine right. a California barn is better than a Minnesota barn. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> or Texas this, barn. Did you know, you pick up? a little over a year ago. Interesting. That's a really good deal considering you can't get a crawl. I mean, the yeah. joysticks alone are about a hundred bucks a piece. Yeah. And yeah. Armitage picked one up a week ago. Oh, he did? Uh, yep. Yeah. yep. Oh yeah, I, I did see that. Yep. He posted pictures. It was that in son his... of a gun. Yep. yep. That's, it, that's probably one of the best sounding games ever, by the way. It was I on loved. Facebook. So I, I I gotta say a couple of my prized possession games in my collection. The first one that I'd I'd say is my paperboy. And sweet, you know, going way back, you know, talking about BMX a little bit. My first job, I was a paperboy. <laughs> awesome. And I was really into BMX. I, that was around age 13 to 15. Pretty much all my money I made went to either BMX parts or playing video games. Awesome. <laughs> and <laughs> so I spoke dropping quarters. <laughs> and so, did you watch the movie Rad? Oh, yes. <laughs> I've gotten to know some of the guys that were in that movie. Actually. Send me an angel. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and what was that? Was the girl so, the girl from um, Full House? Uh, uh, yeah. What's her name? The hot woman that was dating. I can't the, remember her name now. Yeah, I know who you're talking Stam- about. She dated Stamos or in the TV so, show. Um, but yeah, so Paperboy. Yep. You know, but when I first started collecting, 
I was like, man, I, I'd really that that's like the ultimate game for me because it ties into so many things, so much nostalgia for me. Um, that's, and there's actually that's totally awesome. I was a paper awesome. man. There's, <laughs> there's a thread on KLV where it was my 40th birthday. This was 2011, May 28th. And I, I said, hey, uh, who wants to join me and have a 40 with me on my, on my 40th? <laughs> and, and, and Joe, uh, Jow, chimed in and said, I'll have one with you, buddy. You know, and so it's a couple of years before uh, Arcade Outsiders. <laughs> so I went hilarious. to this uh, for lunch. My coworkers took me to uh, Old Spaghetti Factory in, in Folsom, California. They actually had a Paperboy arcade game in the, in the bar in there. And I was like, no way, you know, so I took wow. a picture with it and I said, you know, man, this is a game I'd really love to own someday. You know, six or eight months later, <laughs> I, I actually got one. Sweet. And uh, it, it was a Craigslist deal where, uh, you know, at it, it, it lunchtime, I, I was checking Craigslist on my phone and and I was like, ooh, here, somebody actually has a paperboy. They listed it for um, 250 or best offer. So this is late 2011, early 2012. And I'm like, wow, it's even on my way home from work. <laughs> you know, the you road I drive me? on, it's like maybe two minutes off the road. And so I messaged the guy and he's like, yeah, I still have it. And so I'm like, can you meet me, you know, around 4.30? So met him there. And uh, <laughs> this is kind of a crazy story. I, I, I pull up to the house and it, it's something's off. Like the house is like pretty trashed. <laughs> the 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 garage door is like bent, like it won't even close all the way. Oh no! <laughs> and and so I'm just like kind of parked in front of the house. It was, it was down a weird alleyway too, where there's only one way to get in and out of his uh, the the street. And <clears throat> so the guy pulls up, and he's like, "Hey man, yeah." So it's inside the garage here, and so he he rolls up the door barely. <laughs> And there's like dog crap all over the floor. Oh, no. <laughs> and and, and basically just the one game sitting there, right? And you oh, know, that's maybe, unusual. Yeah. Maybe just a, a few, you know, like a rake and a shovel or something in the garage. And I'm like, okay, so you said it was working, right? And and he's all, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, I, I'd like to, you know, just make sure that it's working. Because this is also another way to negotiate, right? <laughs> uh, if you show up and it's not working, a little... You get a little savings, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so he's like, "Well, man, uh, the thing is, the power is turned off on on my house here." He's all, "But I'll, I'll take care of it." And so, so he grabs an extension cord and he walks over to the neighbor's house. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and he and he plugs into a plug on the side of the neighbor's house, right? And so we, he turns it on, and it's just like a scrambled mess on the screen. <laughs> and and I'm like, "Ah, man, you said it was working, you know?" And he's like, "Ah, you know, I really need to get rid of this." And, and he's all, I have an extra control panel even. Like it was sitting on the you know side of the what? machine. Mike. Yeah. What? And, you know, looking back, I'm like, gosh, dang. But anyway, so so I'm like, yeah, that's cool, man. So I'm like, well, you know, it's not working. Would you take 150? And he's all, yeah, man, just get it out of here. So oh I'm like, cool. And he, gave me the control, he gave me the control panel with it too, the extra control oh panel, right? Oh, God. <laughs> so getting my dolly out of the back of my truck and walking over to it. And I see this other car pull up in, in front. And the guy, the guy who I'm talking to, he's about my age, you know, heavy set white guy in his late 30s, early 40s. And and this guy um, comes pulling up in this car. He's kind of walking around the front yard with a camera, like taking pictures of the house. A, a big burly guy, basically, right? Big buff dude. And I'm like, I wouldn't want to mess with this guy. And as I'm like kind of getting the game ready, he he walks up to the guy with the camera. He's like, What the hey, are you doing, man? What are you doing taking pictures here? What are you doing on my property? Get off my land. You know, like arguing with the guy. Oh, wow. I'm kind of like, Ugh. And, and he's all, 
well, you know, your, your house is uh, foreclosed. I'm just with the real estate. I have to take pictures of your house, you know, as part oh, of the foreclosure. Oh, my God. He's oh. like, I don't give a damn, you know, get off my property. And he's like right in the guy's face. I'm like almost oh. touching noses with the guy. You know, I'm like, Ugh. you know, these guys are going to start fighting, right? <laughs> Throw the money and run. Yeah, I already gave him the money. And I'm just kind of like, uh, excuse me, coming through, you know, <laughs> rolling the game out of there. <laughs> you, luckily, I got out of there before it got, you know, real nasty. That's but, great. Uh, <laughs> so then about maybe a month later, uh, you know, like I said, I've, I've gotten a network of local friends that uh, are much better than me at doing repairs. So one of my local friends, uh, Dylan, he goes by uh, Tron Guy on KLV. Uh, I, I contacted him. I'm like, hey, I, I just got this paper boy. You know, it's got a jumbled mess on the screen. You know, maybe we can work some out. You can you can get it running for me. He's like, yeah, no problem, man. So we worked out a deal. And, and uh, so after I brought him the game, he he messaged me the next day. He's like, hey, did you did you look at the serial number on this game? And I'm like, no, I didn't even think anything of it. He's all, dude, you got serial number one. Yeah. No way. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> so. Of all that, that crazy story, that situation, you know, my backstory with the Paperboy game, I'm like, wow, dude, you know, it's like the, the clouds separated and the gods brought upon me Paperboy serial number one. Hallelujah. You know? Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty awesome. It, 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 you know, there's no way to document to make, you know, to prove it one way or the other, but the, the serial number is um, essentially handwritten on the back of the machine and on the circuit board and the power supply, I think. So there's like three different spots. And it's the same handwriting, same pen. You know, it doesn't look like someone erased some other number. So, it, you know, as far as I know, it's serial number one. So That's a fun story. <laughs> I'd stick with yeah, that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's right. So, yeah, that, that's I'd say that's one of my prize collection games there. <laughs> so, yep. And uh, then my other game would be my... Uh, uh, Star Wars cockpit, um, and this was a KLOV deal too. Uh, probably around the same time, maybe 2012, 2011, somewhere on there. Uh, a guy in Northern California. Um, it's a it's a cockpit, and and he said he you know he couldn't get it to fit in his game room, so he wanted an upright. And he said, hey, if if anybody has an upright, you know maybe we can work out a deal. Well, you know, you trade me your upright plus cash or something. Sure. And. Uh, <laughs> And I happen to have an upright at the time. Yeah. And so uh, I messaged the guy. We, I don't we, like this story either. Don't make me destroy you. <laughs> These are all good. <laughs> we go back and forth on it a little bit, you know, arrange the, the pickup. It was right around Thanksgiving, I think, that year. And uh, so I, I rented a trailer, drove out there. And it turns out the, the guy who he got it from, it was his boss. <laughs> and the, the boss bought it at a garage sale like 20 years before that. And he bought it from a former Atari employee. Oh my so God. It's actually home use only. What? So, so a Star Wars cockpit that's home use only. You know, you, I don't think you see too many of those. <laughs> if but, I lived wow. near you, I would come over and kick you in the nuts. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, and, and unfortunately I think, you know, Andrew 34 K he, he heckled me about it. You know, oh since, then, since I've gotten it, I put in a the um, the the Vector Labs Empire Strikes Back kit to play both. You know, the and worst like, part is you're like a nice guy, so I couldn't even kick you in the nuts. <laughs> uh, Damn it! So it, Andrew was like, 
dude, you just devalued the game <laughs> by putting <laughs> the Empire Strikes Back in it. <laughs> I'm with so. you. You gotta you gotta play the game and enjoy it. So you can't be right. you can't be too stingy on those types of things. Yeah. So go on the kid if you want to. I'm with you on that. One. Yahoo! You're a player, kid. <laughs> looks like we have Jimbo and Gleek in the chat. Jimbo D. Uh, cool. Yeah. Nice. It's awesome. <laughs> I got um, so, somebody says Gak rules. I said yes, <laughs> yes he does. And, and by the way, you guys need to have Jimbo on. You know he's local out there. Yeah, absolutely. He's been um, over to my place. He's one of the few. He, he, oh, we yes. were joking last night, and he said, "Oh, the problem is we're gonna have like, because um, you guys have like a sound bar doing sound bites and stuff. <laughs> That's like his thing. He loves doing that. You know? We should have him run the sound. We should have him he run the sound bites. Yeah, we'll I would have, have you guys have like a sound bite off. You know, <laughs> bring it. Freaking, we should yeah. hire him. He could do the whole board while we're doing the show." be great <laughs> yeah it's a lot of work so, doing that during the show <laughs> yeah. so yeah i mean over the years just getting to know lots of collectors uh you know it's it's been a blast quite the ride um you know going to california extreme the first year my whole family went prepare to battle my entire fleet and then getting to know the collectors over the course of the next year um i found out that if you bring some games you can actually get in for free yeah, so they do I that. Game, they do that games the, the next year, at the and then it even you know escalated from there. You know, if you bring up to you know like a full truckload, you even get better benefits. So, yeah. um, I'd say I think for the for the last five years, I've driven a it's a twenty four foot truck with a lift gate on the back. You know, about twenty games out of my collection, pretty much all my working ones. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, it, it's a blast. You know, my, my kids love it. You know, they've grown up around it. And, you know, Super Sprint has been our game. Uh, the three of us played, my, my two boys and myself. And <laughs> we just remember, you know, like the first couple of years at CAX when I brought Super Sprint, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years old in that age range. And, you know, just random people are coming out to play and they come up and they're just whooping up on everybody, you know. <laughs> yeah. They're like pros at it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, going, going out on road trips, picking up games, my... Uh, I usually have at least one of my sons with me, so it gives us a chance to just kind of like talk stories. I can picture this now, you know, like 20 years from now when they're older and have their own kids, they're going to be like, yeah, my dad, you know, he was crazy. He was always grabbing these old vintage machines and, you know, we tell all these stories on this road trip, you know, so that, you know, that's kind of a, you know, soft spot for me. So right. Like that. You're building, building good memories with your kids. Yep. I think that's a good thing. Oh, uh, let me, I, I have my own little notes here of things I need to talk about. <laughs> so oh, nice. uh, locally here, or, uh, sorry, not locally, um, on the hangout, um, just recently, one of our friends that's on the show, Griffin, you guys know who Griffin is? Oh yeah. Joel. I yep. sold him yep. a pinball Joel. machine. Yep. That's so, um, actually him and orange whip, Brad, uh, dating back maybe a month or two ago, they were both talking about trying to create a new website that would, allow people to track their collections and actually do tournaments, I whether it's just like between friends, like a one game off thing yep. or like a virtual tournament. Um, so, uh, uh, actually, um, arcade Griffin, icons, is that it? What's that? Arcade icons. Yes. Arcade icons.com. So, yep. so Griffin, he, he has spent a crazy amount of hours. I mean, two or 300 hours over the last couple of months. Last Friday was actually our first time that we did a, um, basically a live, uh, online tournament. Cool. It's just friend thing. You know, there's no sure. money or trophies or any of that. It, it's just, you know, giving us an excuse to hang out, play games, friendly competition. So, 
Yeah, uh, it was a blast. And so, you know, anybody out there who wants to do something like that, there's uh, there's really no restrictions. You know, there's um, I think it's called Arcade. No, it's uh, Archive.net or something. He's got a link to it. Okay. There's actually like a, a Flash player that you can play emulated games online, Sweet. even if you don't own a you know game. <clears throat> so um, it's been fun. Uh, we we actually have one going right now for Congo Bongo. Sweet. And uh, so next. The game's hard as Next hell. Tuesday, I think 8 p.m. next Tuesday uh, Pacific time um, is when he's going to do the cutoff, and we'll see who the winner is. I love the idea of arcade icons. I had a really hard time signing up. I don't know if it was because they announced it and like, a whole bunch of people jumped on right away. There was a lot yeah. of slowness on the website. Well, I, I think part of it is, you know, he, he it is complex, I think, for your first time. Yeah. So he did create like a tutorial yeah. on YouTube. So if you just kind of watch the tutorials, it's it's pretty simple. Once you once you do it the first time, it's not really. I also had a hell of a time trying to sign up on my Android device. Just for anybody who's listening, if you're trying to sign up for it right now on your mobile phone, just go to the website using a regular computer because it's a lot easier. I hear that um, if you weren't at the www version, it was a little wonky, hmm. but he went in and created a, a redirect. So so okay. that solved like a lot of problems. Okay. So it is, I mean, it's still kind of beta testing, sure. you know, we're yeah. learning well, as we go, but man, he's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a selfless act, you know, there's no, yeah. you know, Clean code. Not, I like it. I was trying, you know, I was not trying to getting berated out. by advertisements to, you know, make money or something, yeah. you know, to, nope. it's like arcade radio. There you go. We don't make <laughs> any money. Right. Uh, and we're not <laughs> so trying to. Our current thing that we've been doing <laughs> is uh, starting to do a game of the week. So, Anybody out there, definitely check that out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think the one of the things that I was really interested in using it for was arcade parties. Yes. Because we're always trying right. to keep track of scores, and I thought, okay, yep. throw this up on the big screen, you know, dial in yeah. your games for the tournament, or for the for the event. You and know? He, he created, I think, maybe with the help of Orange Whip, I'm not sure. I know those guys were going back and forth a lot on the development, on the code end of it, behind the scenes. Um, he... He was able to make it to work in format to whatever your screen is. You know, if you have a if you have a touchpad or iPad or on a monitor, television screen, whatever. Um, so, but yeah, it's it's been fun. So I, I think it it's going to take off here. So sweet. Um, and then uh, okay, my next on my list, <laughs> um, California Extreme coming up at the end of July. Sweet. Um, I've never I, been to that. I heard it's stinky. No. It's stinky. Yeah. Uh, it depends on who you're standing near. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So last year was, was a blast. It was a, a ton of work for me, <laughs> but um, the looking back, it was, it was well worth it. So, Sweet. you know, I, I always bring tons of games, but last year was um, we did a actual tournament there. Mm-hmm. And um, with the help of um, arcade outsiders guys, we uh, put on an event with um, Clint from arcade. Yeah. Uh, where and that's the A-U, idea was to try to have all prototype games. Arcade, A-U-R-C-A-D-E, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. And uh, so mm-hmm. the, the the concept there was to try to do all prototype games in the tournament. Oh, cool. Um, to, to like kind of like force people to play these weird games that you normally just walk by at a place like that. Sure. And uh, so um, as, as we were kind of putting it together Friday afternoon, um, the unfortunate part was once Clint started looking at the games, cause he's never had exposure to them either. He said, well, there's no dip switch settings on this to, you know, set us basically set a standard. So there was and it, like, you could continue, you could keep continuing some oh, games. Yeah. It's kind of like sprint um, or not sprint, uh, 
like you just what's the game you just bought uh it's the cockpit stun runner you can just put more money in and get your score to go okay we only wound up having to be able to have about half the games we originally wanted in the the prototype part of it sure but we just kind of divided up other sections of like super rare games or you know vector games you'd never see anywhere yeah so um it wound up being really fun you know it got people exposure to those uh really strange games so like um you guys know kumo craig on klv oh yeah yep um, so he he brought up one of his he's he's got an insane collection of of crazy kits that you've never heard of. So he brought up the game Eek. Yeah, I heard of it's that. Like E E E K K exclamation mark. Something yeah, like there that. Was, there's an arcade um, outsiders episode that's almost totally dedicated to that. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So um, I I brought my Miss Pac-Man because it's basically uh, runs on the same hardware. Uh, yes. Yep. Right. It's a plug and play in a, in a Pac-Man cabinet. So. I brought my mispack. We got it all set up, and everybody awesome. got to play that game. So yeah. So since then, I, you know, I've, I've you know been in touch with with uh, Craig pretty often, and we're actually gonna have a few uh, games that people have never heard of. He he swore me to secrecy <laughs> to not tell what the games are. So, so just typically um, at CAX, how many games do they have? Seven or eight hundred games total. Okay. Between that, vids and arcades. That's uh, that's pretty on par. Or, uh, sorry, vids and pins. <laughs> You know, Minnesota has the, not Minnesota, but the upper Midwest, um, Wisconsin, uh, Brookfield, mm-hmm. Wisconsin, near Milwaukee has the Midwest Gaming Classic. That's probably the closest thing to CACs we have around here. They have mm-hmm. probably upwards of 500 plus games, including wow. pin, uh, video and pinball games. And, and you guys in, in Chicago, right? It's not too terribly far from there? No, yeah, it's about, well, it's about six hours from... And, I mean, there was a lot of developers there with... You know, there's probably yeah. a lot of crazy games coming out of there, too. Yeah, I think Minneapolis is about eight hours. Milwaukee is about five or six hours from Chicago. Okay. So, so yeah, so this year, my um, I haven't even told the, the coordinators of CACs yet, but um, of my games, I'm planning on actually bringing... Uh, I've been collecting these kits for a few years. Um, they're basically designed to be drop-in uh, conversions for Nintendo games. Okay. So, like, classic Nintendo, like Donkey Kong... Um, games uh, let's see my list here uh hero in the castle of doom just kind of just weird games yep. <laughs> but they're they're designed around the board set so you you do a rom swap or there's a daughter card sure or maybe a couple of jumpers involved on the circuit board um so i have here on the castle of doom super bike um special forces kung fu commando <laughs> <laughs> a classic. I'm, I'm sure you know a couple of these. I've hardly played myself. I, you know, I got the boards a couple of years ago. And I'm like, oh, this is terrible. I'm just going to put it on the shelf. Right. But I get, I'm going to expose everybody to the terribleness. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm all for that. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorites, actually, and I, I did play this back in the day. It's called Hunchback. Okay. It's just a really simple, quirky game. It's just a two-way stick, and you jump. You just basically go from left to right, <laughs> and you jump and avoid. Stuff getting thrown at you. It's so as if you have the William Hung of arcade games. <laughs> right, there you go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. So I'm really looking she forward bangs. to Cax showing the, the row of uh, the dedicated, the quote-unquote dedicated conversion games. Fun. So, um, Sweet. Then we, the uh, tournament we've been talking about for a few months. Oh, yeah, uh, this is on, exciting. On the Arcade Hangout is... Uh, you know, we talked about, you know, uh, Andrew 34 K he lives in Denver, Colorado. And I'm like, man, we have to figure out a way to get out there. You know, there's the one up there's hyperspace, so many awesome breweries there. 
and Andrew himself. How can you not go wrong there? You know, so um, so we are we actually going to put on a, a tournament there in August. So August 18th and 19th, in Denver, Colorado, um, and and you know, kind of going along the theme of how our our hangout is. We're not really necessarily a podcast. It's more just people hanging out. So it's he he coined it <laughs> um, NATT, which is not a tournament tournament. Awesome. <laughs> so. So it's not really it's not meant for high scores or you know world records. It's it's meant for people to force people to be to interact with each other sure. and have fun playing some strange games. That's and cool. so That's... we're doing some quirky things where like, you know, for example, like Robotron, you'd have two people playing. So one person oh is on my one God. Person, the other person on the other. Oh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> right? I would love that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So so, the, so I gotta I gotta interject here. So we yep. first of all this is all awesome. Thanks for giving us all these updates. So August 18th, 19th, is that right? Yep. The, in uh, the, Denver, Colorado. Yep. The NAT tournament. Um, shoot me some details on that. We'll post it on the, on the okay, episode. We'll do. We'll do. Um, the, the other question I have for you was, um, so you, you're really involved with all these tournaments and uh, social aspect. And I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but we've talked about this numerous times. I think we our generation realizes that the reason why we love these arcades and everything so much is because of the social aspect. What do you, what do you think about that Keck? Absolutely. I mean, uh, going to the arcades with your friends back in the day <laughs> and even now, you know, that gives you, gives you a reason to just, uh, chat, hang out, have a good time. Yeah. Well, and thanks for, chatting and hanging out with us tonight i'm absolutely i'm gonna wrap things up here tonight but it's been a pleasure to have you on the show we want to have you on one, again one last short little plug if you okay yeah no no worries Greenfest go ahead five green fest five go without talking about that steve <laughs> idaho farmer um owns green grinker's grand palace in idaho uh, eagle idaho um that's going to be october 13th and 14th uh and looking forward to hopefully seeing you guys there we're yeah we're, gonna, we're, we're working on that i think Right, Dan? And that would be a lot more fest, that, you know, wouldn't it? So I'll, I'll be, be there. Guys about trying to do maybe a co-host thing. That, that sure. sounds like that could be fun. So. That'd be awesome. Dan, weren't we talking about that? Yeah, I think it'd be fun. It'd be a lot more Grink, quote-unquote, fest if we had <laughs> multiple people there, you yeah. know what I mean, representing Steve the hobby. Steve is the owner of the place. He's like us. You know, he's he's a collector at heart and, and enjoys the social aspect of it. So, you know, we've become really good friends over the years. Awesome. And uh, looking forward to doing that. And that, that is like the event of the year of all of them. So I, I can't not talk about that. So fantastic. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. And I, I, I actually really want to make it to this because I've never been to one. So it'd be great. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for having me on. It, it was a blast. Yeah. Uh, I, I love listening to your show. Yeah. I think your format is, uh, there's definitely a spot for it. You know, <laughs> the live aspect, you guys have kind of a structure, you know, yeah, we try, so, but you yeah, know, we, we want it to be like, kind of unstructured but we have by by sticking to our structure and breaking out of it i think that's i think that's part of the fun you know we just have a little bit of straying off into the weeds once in a while and it's okay yep <laughs> yeah awesome we love it so and we love having the variety of guests and everybody's totally different and it's awesome every time mm -hmm. right. um so really really thank you for being on the show um Absolutely. it's you know Arcade Radio, the double R's, R-C-A-D-E, radio.com, and you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Google Play. And um, we're also on the YouTubes, which you may or may not be listening to right now. So thank you for listening in again and uh, hanging out with us. We'll see you next week. 
Well, not next week. How about in two weeks? <laughs> Probably on a Thursday. If we're lucky. All right. Anyway, Arcade Radio. Good times. This is where we dance. This is and take, and, and take of our pants. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>